Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are back, baby. Mm-hmm. Hopefully dedicated a podcast dedicated to HBO's or HBO Max now. It's not even on proper HBO, it's on HBO Max now. Uh that series of Euphoria, of course. I'm Justin, here with Mark. We're on season two, episode two, in twenty twenty two, a couple weeks away from February twenty twenty. Or February twenty second. Yeah, that's the one. A lot of twos. A lot of twos going on. A lot of twos going on. How you doing, Mark? It's your birthday. You know what? I don't know if anybody knows this. We're recording this on your birthday. You got like an hour left. So your last hour will be spent recording this podcast. Absolutely. The dedication. You feel me? It was a good day, day, I must say. Yeah, it was a good day. You you started off the day getting killed by ballers in GTA. And I mean, uh, they had the upper hand. They had the advantage that I won't discuss because it's just it was just unfair. Unfair circumstances. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, you having a having a a, a great birthday. Well, how old are you? How old do you know? Um, you know, I appreciate everybody sending their their love and concern. Um, their 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 uh their uh well wishes to me turning twenty three today. So yeah, things I'm, were I'm, things were great. All right, all right. Great, you know? what happened? You're you're actually like thirty now. You're thirty. Uh, a year above that. Officially thirty one. I feel old, man. You're not fucking old. Oh gosh, man. My mouth is <laughs> kicking my head in. Well, maybe that's a sign that you shouldn't be like any of the characters on this show because you just need to stop drinking and Oh, I can't. I, I I I don't think I could do it, yo. I don't think I could do it, yo. These these kids could drink me under the table. Can't do it. Yeah, they can they'll they can whoop your ass. I don't know about whoop my ass. Come on now. In terms of, you know. Oh yes, in terms of yeah, in, in terms of drinking, you feel me? Yeah. It's over for you. It's over for you. You know, you know, I'm birthdays like they just don't seem to really have like that same meaning anymore. It's just like this is what it is now, right? Um, you know, I it, it still feels it still feels genuine in a lot of ways. Obviously, it's not like how it was turning ages where you could still like unlock the freedom to do things, right? Like 18, you get to vote, you get to buy lotto, you get to yada yada yada. 21, you get to drink, it's real fun, this and that, this and that, this and that. 31, you don't really get to, you know, unlock anything fun. 31 is just like, hey, good part of the 30s, moving up forward. Hopefully you have a certain situation set. If you don't, you know, things are okay. It get, it gets more lit as you go up, though, I will say. At least for me. Because, I mean, when I was 31, like, you, I mean, you're in a, you're an established class, brother. And no disrespect to anybody that you know, went a different way, but I mean, you're, you're good. You're not, you're not married yet. You don't got no kids. Like you're good. That's you're the straight. one, that's the one beautiful thing about freedom can literally move up and go to fucking London. If I wanted to tomorrow for a job and not have to worry about any of those things. So I was like, that is, that is a blessing in itself. I will say. Yeah. yeah. So episode one, euphoria, 
according to HBO, highest debut of any original series. What a week, huh? Yeah, 2.4 million people watch this. Probably more, possibly more after. But for that yes. night, for that nine o'clock hour, 2.4 million, it felt like a culture shifted. It felt like it, we, we was really back and, and you know, well-deserved for Sam and Zendaya, who looks to be very hands-on. If you, I don't know if you noticed any other posts. Like, she's she's at she was at every shoot. She was at the uh, the opening, like flashback to Fez's grandmother. She was there. Like she's 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 behind the camera for a lot of stuff this season. So shout out to, to Sam's and Daya, the whole team. They they really crushed it. I think. I think the first episode set the tone. I think she really set a tone at that beginning where she put a little bit of the warning out before season two happened and said, "Hey, just so y'all know, keep in mind. Although this is teenagers, we're talking about. There might be some things that are triggering." In season two. And that raised a lot of people's minds and things like that. But that made me realize, okay, she's really taking the step forward to say, hey, there's going to be some real shit that's going on throughout season two that you might want to make sure that you are up to date for or warn yourself for before it actually does happen. So she's really into what's going on in the story. Want to make sure that everybody is paying attention to the story, what's going on, just in case anything is uh, to trigger or spark conversation in negative ways. We don't know what has happened as of yet. But to be able to see her so into what is going on with storyline this season has been great. But with with success comes a little bit of a little bit of hate, a little bit of opinions. And you know, before we get into the show, I just want to talk about some of the opinions that you know what I feel like when something's really popular, mm. and I sometimes I, I could get caught in this too. But like when something is really popular, people just don't want to see it talked about. <laughs> Don't want to see it at all. What is so, that? What is what is what is that? I remember Nas. I guess that's the theory of man when he was talking about hate me now. What is what is that on the internet? <laughs> I, I I I I guess we don't know what you call that. But like, I think <laughs> <laughs> but but I but I've seen takes. I've seen people say certain things, and it's just I, you know, someone saying, "What high school do they go to?" I've never done this, and don't they just want to be? Don't they want to do homework? Don't they want to go to the Jesus Idol bit? Don't they want to go to prom and shit? Listen, some of these jokes are funny, like the Euphoria High School thing when people come in and they say, "Oh, like you know the TikTok." Oh, I just forgot. You know when you, when yeah. you forgot you go to Euphoria High School. <laughs> big and, meme this week. Yeah, that was the big meme for the week. But the other meme that I don't think a lot of people saw, unless you were really on Twitter like that, is people saying, "Well, how come these people? Well, you know, how come these kids? Like, I never seen nothing like this. I've never seen no part." I was like, "That's because you a goddamn egghead ass." <laughs> I'm McKay. Damn, the McKays, was- the McKays were wild. I mean, we did piss off the McKays last week. I, I ain't gonna lie. Um, yeah, we- the, the, the McKays, the McKays might have been frustrated last week. It was a big week, man. The debut of Quantrell. Obviously, the McKays ain't eating this week. McKay for sure ain't eating for the for the next week. If you're a McKay gang, I feel sorry for you because you got nothing to talk about this week, boy. I think it's pretty much set that he's done. I think yeah. I, I'm pretty set on that fact that he is like a special guest from now from here on out in the show. But you know, there was one tweet that blew up where you know where you know the person who tweeted this was really talking about you know why don't these kids want to be this and. They need to show the, the like, like you want to show the good kids, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, not everybody on the show is on drugs. A lot of, you know, I was like, well, wait a minute, Cat's not on drugs, Lexi's not on drugs, nope, Jules, Jules isn't on drugs. Jules just kind of gets drunk, like, like a lot of these people are not on drugs. So like, 
what show like I feel like they take the one thing about the show and they like maximize it to the fullest. Like even if you watch today's episode, there's only one person doing drugs. <laughs> oh, sure. I think I think after the past week, everybody thinks that Euphoria is nine ruse. Uh, just going around high school and everybody that's at East Highland just has no ambition, has nothing going on. I think somebody asked, who is the valedictorian, the valedictorian of this high school? And uh, was kind of curious into finding out why. But on top of that, there's a lot of kids that are within the school that we just don't see the story for. It would literally take years and years to try and paint the valedictorians, the good kids, the homework doers, the damn drama class, the goddamn sports team outside of outside of Nate being a jock. There's so many pieces of this high school that it would take a little bit of a while to. And on top of that, even if they did paint that picture for us, I don't know if we care past the characters that we are very, very focused on. Like it might tell a little bit of a story to say that East Highland is not a complete just drug abusing high school, I guess you would say. But right. it's completely different than this show, Euphoria in itself being nine ruse completely so seeing all those tweets within the past week and seeing the reaction to that was actually interesting because clearly season two did spark a lot of conversation but didn't really see a lot of that we saw probably two weeks of that in season one just the fear of oh man i hope it's not my kids in this area when it's that time people picked up on euphoria kind of late in that sense where there there was that type of uh messaging not even messaging but that that type of narrative where it was you know what the you know i never seen no kids go to parties like this i'm like like the fuck you didn't grow you know what i'm saying like i'm pretty sure for a lot of kids in certain places you know maybe the west coast like i know kids that probably went to like here's the thing parties are not a monolith (laughs) a party is a party is a party Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying if it was lit to you it probably looked like that or felt like that like if you unless you was in a damn closet <laughs> there's no you know what i'm saying like your someone's party perspective is going to be different yeah. now i was speaking as like 30 year old you know 30 year old men here and and it's like you know obviously things have changed so for the people saying it they're in their fucking 30s you was in high school 10 years ago what are you talking about or 20 years ago what are you talking about mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying? I'm, I'm not i'm looking at this story you know when i watch this and you know I, i'm not saying everything before is is realistic and yes. we'll get to that in this episode mm-hmm. but like I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I ex- I exactly know what the fuck is going on in, <laughs> in high school. I'm watching this show for the story and the writing and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. I'm not looking at it for, a, it's a fucking TV show. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you want from this shit? And for those that, you know, want to make sure that they're tuning into this and, and feeling the complete realism of it. Obviously, I think the announcement of what we had got last week with Degrassi might be a little bit more if that realm or that stage of realism in high school that people might want possibly granted I was, I was never, I was never the grassy guy didn't tune too much into the grassy unless it was on the end or something like that at a random point in time. But maybe that is the high school that people resonate with more compared to the things that go on in East Highland. Niggas was getting blicked up in that too. They was getting shot. And shot. <laughs> 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 but it's <laughs> there's two pieces there's two pieces as as we say yes last week was a lot of fun meme wise tiktok wise and uh, uh chickens that were covered in glitter and uh <laughs> uh fucking people that were in high school that were teachers and directors and they were all like uh guys and girls with with a whole bunch of scaly clad clothing yada, yada, yada. there's two pieces that i wanted to talk about as far as i would say 
appropriate dialogue. It, it created appropriate dialogue, at least between you and I in these conversations. One of them being the comm that came out in Pitchfork on the discussion of the kids in Euphoria and the music that they enjoy. At that point in time last week was focused on a lot of 90s rap. And we had our fun with it last week. Talked about DMX at the party. We talked about Rue doing hit him up and things like that. But let's be clear. These songs aren't that old. <laughs> can we just can we just be clear that like hit him up, hypnotize are not that old. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not uh the Beatles we're talking about here. This is well within Okay, granted, some of these kids might not have grown up there in, in, in that decade. These songs were still being like, like this, this is the thing that's crazy about me. Hip hop itself is not that old. Yes. At all. That should freak out. Well, it, 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 it surprises me every time that August comes around. And obviously, it's, it ends up being hip hop's birthday. And I'm just like, yo, it's younger than a lot of our artists. Exactly. Exactly. I think Jay Z is older than hip hop. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of our favorite artists within this point in time of just older artists are are much much older than the culture that we love. It's what is it seventy? What was it seventy three? So yeah. you're, you're you're looking at hip hop about to turn fifty years old compared to a lot of the people that we love. And granted, the kids that are in Euphoria that are born in ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine might have been born around the time that Biggie died. Piggy just died yes. around the time <laughs> around the time they were born. Rue was born September 11, 2001, three, four years after everything with that happened. But Party Up, Party Up likely came out when she was four. Who, Rue? Oh, no. When did Party Up come it out? Been been two years, it would have been two years before. It would have been two years before Rue, Rue was born. So at that point, DMX is already doing We Right Here. He's doing um, Who We Be, things like that. But I feel well, like... Two thousand, so Party Up came out two thousand. Mm-hmm. That song was being played. Like, like, come on, we we and you know we made jokes about it. It's like people were like, Pitchfork was dead ass serious. These kids were what were listening to old music. I'm like, listen, kids listen to old music. They they really do. <laughs> my, my, I, I don't. We're not all listening to fucking K Flock, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my thing, my thing, my thing is. There's literally a scene in season one where she is singing Bobby Womack at the top of her lungs. Everybody's chilling. Nobody said anything. Everybody's chilling. Nobody said anything. It was a great scene, but now because the party's happening on New Year's and they're not playing Yeet, sorry about that. Everything's like everything's just confusion. Like we had we had a small conversation of just party up being played at the event and everything was funny. But as far as the kids being interested in 90s rap, anything 90s in general was just like, yeah, the writers are all these 30-year-old men that know what they love in the 90s and they're putting it within these kids. And I'm just like, I don't know if it's really that deep. Like even in episode two tonight, we got Rue singing a rock song from 1978. Like that's her bag. Old 70s shit, 80s shit, 90s shit. It's just, it's just the bag. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's as deep as it ended up being illustrated last week. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And let's, just, let, let's wrap it up like this. <clears throat> Shut the fuck up. Just watch the show. <laughs> yeah, let's just watch the show. All right. So, yeah, let's just watch the show. And speaking of the show, speaking of the show, we're going to get into the show uh, right now.
the young method She wanna go viral We fucking for hours That pussy got power That pussy got power She wet in the shower Yes sir Power of that P Alright Power of that P Episode 2 Euphoria This episode is titled Out of touch Paul note song, 80 song, don't get upset. It seems as though, and maybe I am, am I am I doing too much right now? That a lot of the titles from this season are uh from old rock songs. Yeah. Out of touch, classic Hall Note song. You might be able to see that throughout the remainder of season two. But again, another another big uh connection between music and the kids that we have here in euphoria yeah and uh the first episode trying to get to heaven before they close the door was a bob dylan song i believe so mm-hmm. might be something to that maybe uh but yes out of touch episode two opens right after the shocking ending <laughs> of episode one that everyone talk as everyone's been talking about uh episode opens on nate busted the fuck up and who's right there with him cassie and maddie mckay cassie and maddie of course this is mckay's only kind of seen in the show. I'm guessing guess his, his goof ass went right back to college. Scared K-O-ass. ass. He went right back to college. You see how that shit go? Yeah, boy. He ain't even, he ain't even back, he ain't even, you know, back up Nate or nothing. Said, uh, uh, open the door. Open the door. Get him in. Get him in. <laughs> what, what, boy? Uh, But yeah, it is It is confirmed, or is, is it confirmed that Nate is, in fact, in love with Cassie? We get a huge scene, of course, with Rude's narration. with uh, And she says, with Maddie, it was a game with Cassie, it was the opposite. And maybe if he met Cassie instead of Maddie, he would have been better. And then we go into Nate in a, you know, probably concussion-induced <laughs> stupor. Man. Where he is having visions of Cassie. But interspersed with that, he's also having visions of Jules. Meaning that Cassie is possibly sitting in as a replacement for the fact that he can't get Jules. First off, do you believe that? Do you believe Rue's narration that she believes in Nate's mind, if she was Nate, if she went, if he went with Cassie at the time before he went with Maddie, things probably could have been saved, would have been a lot less hectic than it is right now, um, and he wouldn't have to deal with the things that he had to deal with last season with Maddie. I think that from this from this situation, just reading in between the lines of the narration, I think we we should be, we should listen to what Rue says, but not but but we should listen to what Rue says, but look at what we see on screen. Mm. If if we're seeing Jules in these visions, it's very clear, and they, and this very it's flat, it's very fast that you see Jules in these. I don't know if you, did you catch see, like it's like two or three times they show Jules. I was in between that. I was so focused on Cassie and Maddie, I didn't even pay attention to Jules at that point in time. Jules in this, uh, in these in these sequences, she's interspersed in them, and Maddie and Cassie are kind of outside of his bubble here. Like mm-hmm. the intimate moments, he's imagining that he's sharing that with Jules in much the same way that Jules in her special episode, her little bonus episode, was imagining Nate still. So that's there's something still there. And I thought that at least that stuff was interesting where I had a problem with, and, and to be clear, I didn't even ask you how you thought about the episode yet, but to be clear, like I thought that this scene and many other scenes in the episode were very much like quite unnecessary. <laughs> I, I thought that, you know, and we had a conversation about this um a couple of days ago, there was a tweet that came out um, where it was basically like, you know, Euphoria is 
you know, this, this, and this, but it has an abundance of the male gaze. Mm-hmm. And, and I see that, and I see that specifically with Sydney Sweeney's character, uh, character of Cassie. Like, listen, she's a beautiful girl. We're not, I'm not taking that away from her. Yeah. Absolutely. You should be proud of what she's doing here. I think it's great. I think it's really just the way that it's shot. I think that to me, it, it's very much like, all right, well, cool. <laughs> like, we, we need this. Like, it, it felt gratuitous. It was just too much. It was like, she's naked for like a good five, ten minutes <laughs> this episode. Just nothing but her naked. And I just felt like I was like, where are we going here? Yeah, we got her topless again. We got her from the leaked uh, sex tape that came out last season that Nate and McKay ended up talking about. That ran through his head again. Then... As we got her topless, we also got a pregnant Cassie, which kind of threw me off. So now that is telling me that he is envisioning truly what would have happened if he would have went through and did not talk to Maddie at all. Now we have a pregnant Cassie. Remember, but remember, but remember you listen to Rue, but watch what they're showing us. Mm-hmm. He's just he, like, I, 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 I shudder to, like, to like say this, like Nate has the same repressed sexual urges and desires that his dad does yeah and, and that was what this was showing me that like i i can i can agree that this that the scene was trying to show us subliminally or or not so subliminally it was pretty much like they beat it they beat you on the hammer with it but like that is his idea of the nuclear family where it's but as you see in this like when cow shows up there's a scene of cow eating a guy's ass uh, <laughs> there's, there's a, i'm like totally different but like, but what with cow out of the picture because he is still kind of like the architect mm-hmm. of nate Payne. and i i think that again there was certain there were really good ways that they could have shown this instead of just putting sydney sweeney out there as like a piece of meat <laughs> and having Please her get fucked yeah, yeah just just for and and I think that's what Nate sees her as. But I think it's really just the way that it's shot. I, I think in general, Mark, this episode had way too much Nate. I, I I think that as a character, he he never like oh okay, he he finally took an L, right? He finally took an L last last episode. We could have had him in the hospital just chilling this episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was just out. And I felt like it was too much him, too much cow. I was like, okay, and we'll get to when we talk through, throughout this episode. A lot of people got pushed to the back burner, including Rue mm-hmm. this episode. In my- yeah, I feel like with Nate, if they took the route where they ended up keeping him in the hospital, I think you see a bigger, maybe, maybe possibly a bigger tug of war between Maddie and Cassie that we had as of right now. Because Granny's still in the hospital, he's still recovering, things like that. But after like, I want to say what felt like a day or two. Nate is out and about. Clearly, his head is stitched. He got his head busted open to the white meat. So he's out back at the crib. Stitch is red and fresh in his head. And that's where you end up seeing Cassie now struggling for the past few days because he couldn't talk to Nate. Couldn't talk to Maddie about not talking to Nate because clearly that is the worst fucking route to go through right now. So she literally waits, depressed around the house. Her mom was like, yo, you fucking stink. Did you take a shower in the past few days? Sitting around, depressed. Lexi has no idea what's going on with her. She thinks that it's something as far as being stressed about being single as yeah, her mom watches yeah. her being on the phone. Well, I feel like we're getting away from the Nate point. <laughs> Do you feel like it's too much Nate this episode? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, because I would have loved seeing him in the hospital just relaxing, just, maybe even more visions. I want to need him. We, we didn't need him. I, I think that, honestly, I would have been perfectly fine with Kyle doing what he did this episode. Mm. I just feel like both of them, it's too much. Like, this, I, 
the love triangle took up way too much of this episode. And I I don't necessarily think Nate is I, I think they do interesting things with Nate, but I think characterization wise, he's like the he's like the mustache twirling bad guy from the cartoon, <laughs> where it's like yeah. he, he never you know, like I, I just can't I can't get into anything like I get they're trying to make us feel bad for him, but so much of the community and the people who watch this and critics and casual people absolutely despise this character that them throwing him on us like this and telling us his inner thoughts and dreams and mm-hmm. shit. We don't care. We want to see him gone. So I just think oh, yeah, that I it's like, that. absolutely. Yeah. yeah so it, it's, it's weird. So Nate's visions are actually interrupted by uh, <clears throat> Rue revealing and, and revealing to all of us and bringing back a plot point that I think that I for- completely forgot about from the season finale that Maddie has the disc that she took from Nate's house that has that, that, you know, we don't know what's on it yet. Mm. It's assumed that it is cow with jewels. I think that's, that's the big assumption, but you know, we see it here. Nate is reborn. A baby is, is born again. He's up, he's, he's laughing and he's got the Cassie Nate Maddie triangle. Again, something else to cover up his repressed feelings about jewels, which I think is still, I think they're going to come back around to it and, It'll be more Nate than we want, but title title's cut, and we're back in school. Rules is officially on. Jules and Rue. I feel like they kind of sped up this shit too. So what happens here? We we know about Elliot from last from last episode. Hmm. Who forgot he goes to the, to their school? We we also didn't even know he went to their school. <laughs> <laughs> he just shows up. <laughs> but Rue is worried that he'll reveal that she OD'd at the party after she basically told Jules like, hey, like you know, I'm pretty sure she told Jules off camera or something that she's going to, she's going to chill out because that's the only way that Jules will probably accept her is if she stops doing drugs. Mm. Um, he doesn't know that Jules and Rue in a relationship. Rue is nasty with it, Mark. She's so nasty with it. As soon as she said, well, she didn't even really say too much. First off, everything that was in her face sold me immediately. The fact that she saw Elliot coming up and was like, he better not say sure. I'm going to slit his throat. I'm like, yeah, wasn't this your favorite person? Like, Two days ago? What are you doing? And then he pulls up and just the disdain and disgust in her face that Jules sees immediately can be shown after she's like, I, uh, hey, you don't have a girlfriend, right? And Elliot was like, uh, wow, uh, did not expect that. Did not you even care. hear that within the past two days or so. But I peeped pe- that he was like, you didn't tell me that you was gay. Like, he was about to say, you was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so, yeah. but, but think about that. She hasn't said she hasn't said much outside of passing my fucking Adderall. That made that made Elliot her best friend at this point in time. Now you meet in school and the things that you have told me within these past few days go now coming back from break, probably coming back from winter break, going back to school. Don't mean a fucking thing. Yeah. So we are we find out from Rue that she has been hanging out with Elliot for days. And Jules doesn't know. Super awkward scene here. Of course, you, we find out a little bit more about Elliot. I'm pretty sure we're going to get a, a back. I would love to know more about him because, to be honest with you, he is a blank slate to me right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like episode two did not do much to to change that. But he he sells music stems, and that's why he has money. So I I guess that's all we know about the guy now. And he has a roommate. <laughs> that's that's all they, we know. And they use the stem money to buy. And they use the stem money to buy drugs and and smoke and do who knows what else they just introduced another another drug character jules walks away starts crying um i'll say this right now there's a couple more scenes with these these two i i i felt nothing this this episode about the rue storyline i felt like it was very much back burner to the nate stuff 
I didn't. I, we didn't get much until really the end. Yeah, rules, rules, rules didn't need this week. Thankfully, we saw some good portions of Jules in her conversations of again with her friends that she is now making sure that he catches up with because she's been gone for a couple weeks. She's back. Everything's cool now in school, and she's okay with Rue. But those conversations that we see from Jules going forward is what we get to see as she is spending more time with her other friends as Rue is doing God knows what. I'm telling you right now, I I I really think it's going to be interesting to see who gets the Green Award. Um, but you know what's interesting also is that we I think that we need to we need to actually explain the Green Award because I think a lot of first time people who listen to the show didn't listen season season one. A lot of people listen, and again, thank you guys for listening to the, to the show this season. Of course, we did some of our biggest numbers last week. What is the Green Award? Mark, can we, can we, can we just get a, a, cause we're giving them out and people are like, what is the green award? I have, I've had te- people text me. My fiance is like, yo, what is the green award? They want it out. <laughs> okay. So let's, so let's make it, so let's make it easy. I'm going to show everybody what green comes up on as on UrbanDictionary.com. More than likely. Great. This is the perfect thing to be shown at the very beginning, at the very beginning of UrbanDictionary.com. can be used when describing someone who has wronged another person originating in Miami, Florida. Uh, That is one of the numerous definitions that you can have of green. Depending on where you are in Florida, probably things mean different in North Florida than they do in Central Florida, than they do in South Florida. Essentially, you're a pretty fucked up person if somebody calls you green. If you did something green, you're getting called out for it. And uh, it's probably with meaning. Thankfully, within Euphoria, it's very easy for us to say that there are a lot of people that are being green because everybody's getting tried through left and right. So it's very simple for us each and every week to say, okay, who did the most fucked up shit this week? And granted, this week we have plenty of beautiful contenders to be able to get a green award. We ended season one with at least seven different awards going into the final final we already picked last week's award. This week, Five already knows who he wants to have win the Green oh, yeah. Award this week. We're gonna have a, a conversation about it. But I think it's I think as far as earning a Green Award, this is not anything fun. This is not anything commendable. If somebody were to tell you in real life you just won a Green Award, please be offended, or maybe even look internally into yourself and realize what the hell did I just do to get called green and receive this award. So that is a little bit of the insight and the backdrop of what goes on on Overly Medicated and the Green Award. It's not a good thing. No, not at all. So as as you brought up a little bit uh, earlier, Mark, Cassie is depressed because she's been single. And this this Nate thing is just eating her alive. She's smelling like one of the nasty boys (laughs) from WCW. Wiping deodorant on her arms. I'm like, damn, this is this shit is that was fucking disgusting. I thought she I thought she was just sweating dumb hard and she was patting herself with probably like a little paper towel. And I was like, yo, why are you sweating so hard, yo? Yeah, she don't want to die. Um, so <laughs> you see her at home, her and and uh Cassie still has Nate's blood on her leg. So this is legitimately again, Cassie okay. has dependency issues with everything. You have to remember, remember last last season, you know what happened to their father. Mm-hmm. So we see that we see on this episode the two extremes between these two, and 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 again, what I what I love about the Cassie character is that she is probably the only character on this show that like learns a lot yes. throughout what she goes through. She learns a lot and more immediately, and I feel like a lot of like women can really you know, and I and I'm you know I'm not a woman or whatever, but like you know I could attest to like you know that probably being a really good message for a lot of a lot of you know young women, but 
also Kat on the other side of the spectrum, but also Lexi this episode, who we learned a lot more about, mm-hmm. which again was probably the most compelling part of this episode to me was, was her arc. But with Cassie, it's it's like she has dependency issues, whereas Lexi has problems standing up for herself because she saw her own father going through addiction. Yeah. So like we see two sides of the spectrum here and you see why Cassie acts the way that she does. Uh, Maddie gets a text from Nate talking about, you know, thanks for taking care of me. I love you. Pussy ass nigga. Uh, and Maddie calls Cass- or calls Cassie and brags about uh, the text that she got. Cassie's on the verge of tears. We find out. <laughs> we find out that Maddie has a job. We find out Maddie has a job. <laughs> Period. Yes. She's a she has, she's she's a babysitter and she babysits a kid who lives up in the hills. Uh, I think I recognize that. It looks like it looks like Encino. It looked like to me from where, where she was. But um, out in Encino Hills. Okay. I, when I when I see the scene, I was like, all right, she's chilling. And then I realized she's taking care of a child. I said, ah, this would go fairly wrong. Yeah. So, uh, cute kid. Not gonna lie, but she's in there with in a huge house. She's trying on the woman's clothes. Uh, we get a little bit more about you know Maddie just kind of faking it to faking it till she makes it she sends she puts on some of her chanel and all this shit sends it and sends her pictures to nate uh and then the, then the like the parents come home the, she's taking off the clothes all this stuff she, there's a scene i know you liked <laughs> during this hey man exactly yeah I'm, I'm uh hashtag hey man that's that's all that's it that's crazy it's just a hey man she gets off the clothes right on time it helps out the mom the mom says thank you for being so sweet uh really different side to, to maddie there but we get back into it and uh we we see bb again shout out to bb like, what's your name again god damn i haven't seen i haven't seen your ass in how long did we know bb was pregnant and had a kid did we know that no they didn't show that they didn't show that in season one she said like remember when i was pregnant and i was like wait what unless i'm lost unless i'm forgetting I, something. I didn't i didn't look up i didn't look up at that i didn't look up at that did she know if she actually had the child I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if she had a kid, but um, <laughs> Kat's here. Everyone's favorite. Hey, Kat, what's going on? All Kat. <laughs> all is, that, is that the vibe when Kat comes around now? It was much different season one. Now, <laughs> ain't that crazy? How was when you get into a relationship? Hey, Kat. Mark, I'm looking at my fucking notes right now. <laughs> no, fucking, no, I'm not going to lie. And we're going to talk about this scene. She has the best scene in the fucking episode. Yes. Probably one of the best scenes in the series. Absolutely. Well, and we'll get to it, but it's like that's that's how they treat her. Mm-hmm. So, like, how else are we supposed to treat her? They, she's in two fucking scenes in this whole show. <laughs> so, all Cat can say about Ethan is a sweet jump cut to Cat's house. They're kissing, and Ethan says, "You got to go to the bathroom before they start up." Now, I got a question for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. Five minutes before your birthday's over. Oh no! Before you clap cheeks, for the love of God. Do you go to the bathroom before you do that? <sighs> what, 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 what is your what's your what's your your, your mental? What, are you like I got I got to go in there and do a couple jumping jacks? Got to get through it. Like what? Because I'm trying to figure out what Ethan's doing in there. Just go ahead, brother. What are you what are you going in there for? You know the meme where um, the dude goes into the bathroom and looks at himself in the mirror and the dog's looking back. It might have been that. <laughs> it might have been that, yo. Or unless he's getting the hot sauce ready. I didn't think about that. No, not shout out Drake. Uh, <laughs> I, well, maybe Nate was putting on the, the yondoms. Maybe Nate, the Nate was. Maybe Nate. <laughs> Ethan don't know how to put that shit. Look, look at Ethan's face. You think I, said, I, said, I said Nate. See, I'm blown. I'm just motherfuckers in the show. I meant Ethan. Like maybe he's putting on the, the yondoms. Maybe he's, maybe he's 
lube. I don't know what they into. We j- I'm just like, go to the bathroom. What's that super bad scene where McLovin's trying to put the condom on? He snaps himself. That is that is for sure, Ethan. Ethan. Well, where's my thing, man? Uh, the, the pee go out the window. <laughs> I do it out there, nigga. Peeing? You got a cat right there, nah, bro. Nah, I don't know. The pee, the pee, in, I mean, that's nice and healthy. I mean, that's great. I'm not going to roast it. Peeing before sex, you know what I'm saying? Make sure everything's cool. Peeing after, you know what I'm saying? Want to be sure we give it. Men are too busy mentally, like yo, I got it in your head. Yes, one hundred percent. Looking at your, looking at your, your man's like, not right now, man. Not right now. I mean, I mean, even, I mean, even, even didn't really look that nervous. Maybe this is, maybe this is like the ninth time they got it in. We don't know. They could be getting it in all summer. They just got together like October, like the, the like, what was it like Halloween? The, the, the season ended Halloween. Around that, so they, they yeah, could, around that time. So that's like two months. You could do. You got mad sex in two months. Hey, in high school, you could have a yeah, lot you of. You have mad sex in two months. Then it was just winter break. Yeah, come high on, schoolers. Now. Listen, man. High schoolers, fuck, man. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom. I was gonna be doing the Tom, yo. Say okay, so we get to a really crazy scene because Cat, of course, and this picks up from last season. She has visions. She has like you know reality bends with her, and I, and I think that's a really cool like I don't like to say gimmick, but it's a cool gimmick for her to have as a character that she sees visions mm. and she sees like a Nate being killed by a dude who looks like basically he's from from Game of Thrones. My subtitle said he speaks Dothraki, so I was like, oh, so yes, yeah, a Game of Game of Thrones reference. Uh, Keep it he, he basically says. You know, that man's too weak for you. You're a fucking warrior. What's popping? Whips out. What dick number one in the show. Yep. And I was like, can't, can't, can't be an episode without the big piece. And, and hey, pushing P. Um, and I said, I put in my notes. I said, cat don't want a nice guy. She want a thug. Like, that's really what it is. That's how it be, that's how it be man. That's why, that's why I'm saying, yo, the importance of Quantrell. So important. We have characters that are important to the arc right now. And granted, we saw a pretty decent art. What the fuck is Quantrell at this episode, man? Didn't get didn't didn't get a piece. Just like you said, when he's moving weight, he be hey, here when he's here. You know what I'm saying? He, Detroit, you would be a meth right now. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's where Quantrell is. That's where you're right. My bad. We will catch, catch him when we catch him. That's all. Hey, I didn't mean to say that out loud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> you feel me? Anyway. Uh, we get into the Cal arc of the of the episode. Of course, as you know, Cal is Nate's father. He does not believe that Nate does not know who beat him up. Uh, Cassie, of course, having a mental breakdown, talking about she want to kill herself when <laughs> Nate comes home. <laughs> Nate scrolling through pictures of Maddie and Cassie talking about, I can't do this shit no more, bro. Like, again, great acting from from Sydney Sweeney here. I, I just wish she was saddled into a better arc this season. But uh you know, her mom says these aren't the emotions of a single person. When she asked Lexi what's going on, Lexi's like, "I guess it's because she's single." Her mom's like, "No, that is not how single people act." I've been single for a while. I mean, look, I mean, I mean, look at Cassie, yo. She's in the garden, going fucking insane, and Nate's not even Nate's not even blinking on the other end. Exactly, uh, and I think her mom puts two and two together, and she makes a she makes a certain phone call to a certain guy. Uh, Cow pops up uh, on on Cassie. He is he is searching for Nate's assaulter, but before we get there, you see Jules falling apart. Her and Rue having an argument. Let me let me just be clear again, Mark. <laughs> Not much to call here. I I think that the writing of them getting getting into a fight this episode like is kind of weak. Like I feel like I I just doesn't feel like Jules would get that upset about something like this from what we know of her. Especially how we just 
painted her as as being a very big player last week. Like she definitely had the upper hand until Rue said sorry, and then everything just melted the fuck down. Exactly. She was pushing P all last season, last season. And and now she's like mad because like she was she was like she let be clear. And I, and it, it confused me too. Jules doesn't know they've been hanging out. She, all she know all she says is that I know you have a crush on him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, okay. So after that fight ends, which is like two seconds for sure, like maybe like a minute of, of them just really interacting this episode, Elliot pops out of nowhere. Like he was just in the fucking shadows saying, hey, let's go do drugs. And it's just like, okay. I, I really don't. I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. I just really think that just having Rube like be the resident junkie on the show is it's going to it's going to run its course. Like it's definitely running its course to me right now. It's like, can we get some type of growth here? Because, and I think we're going to get it next episode. I'll be clear. But right now it's just like, okay, we seen this. We're like retreading ground here with her. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as the thing happened with the overdose, I think people are just annoyed at the fact that there is no learning. We've literally seen many different areas of people trying to get her help from family to Ali, uh, to Jules and, we start seeing the responses that came from that as far as Rue trying to find help in a lot of different things. Didn't work completely fine. But if we're going to go down the path of Jay in season two, once again, it's going to be it's going to be a whole lot harder to 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 prove that this is more than that to those that are on the outsides that probably don't have too much that probably don't have too much invested into euphoria and saying, hey, the main character is just drugs, drugs, sex. Drugs. Nobody really learns anything. Everybody's going down their own path. And it's hard to say that there is a silver lining or a spot at the end of the tunnel that Rue is eventually going to get to if we're just going to continue down this piece. Yeah. So we jump cut to Fez from Cassie's house. He has a new guest, Faye from episode one. She pushed the hotel manager off the building again when I said, you know, this show isn't very realistic. She weighs like 50 pounds. I don't know how that happens. Uh, Of course, Custer is going to take the fall for it. He puts her in a vent so that Fesco can go get her. It's like this is a ridiculous scene. I was just like, okay, whatever. Uh, can can I be clear? Just just how good this show looks this this season. Uh, we found out after uh, episode one, this whole season was was shot on film. So um, was it Kodak film or Canon film? One of those that they had to pretty much recreate the film, right? Uh, yeah, Kodak film. They they had to recreate it, and they brought, Kodak brought it back just for them, and it's back right now. It's available for for uh, for everybody to use. Um, so we have Cass, not not Cass. We, we have um we have Fesco with a new guest. Ashtray's not a big fan. No, uh, but he basically says, "Hey man, shut up! Don't go in my room. Leave my shit alone. You want a sandwich?" And that that just shows you how much you love Fesco. Uh, so Cal basically bluffs with Cassie, it's talking about you know, I know I know you did it. I'm like I wouldn't let no nigga come to my house talking to my kids. Like that. <laughs> one. What the fuck is this? Nigga? Why was her mom not snap? Why was her mom not snapping? Clearly, Lexi can't say anything. She might be scared. Cassie is is literally out of her mind wrong, right now, shivering. Wrong or right, my mom is gonna say something if a nigga say, "I ain't asked you, I asked her." I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa yeah, my mom!" Yeah, like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! Fuck out the house, nigga. That, yeah, that ain't what we doing here. Yeah. That that this ain't that, yeah. nigga. Mm-hmm. Get out of here with that shit. So uh, he, he he puts twelve on her, oldest bluff in the game. I'm like, this this nigga green as shit. green as hell, man. And listen, people might want to give Cassie the green award for that. I'm not going to give Cassie the Green Award for that. I think there's a lot of things you can give Cassie the Green Award for. Not that. Not that. She's just dumb. Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe not that. Uh, clearly, we have not got to the part where Cassie should start being a little bit more fearful of Maddie. Because just as Nate said, as she's literally saying she wants to kill herself, hey, 
please make sure you don't say anything to Maddie. Maddie is a fucking psycho. And we see a little bit of the pieces of Natty cracking a school locker over somebody's head because they're a racist. Very big, very big scene on the internet. People loved it. And it's always her mushing somebody. Yep, it's mushing always- somebody. And what you say, bitch? Listen, man, if you scared of your friend beating your ass, you shouldn't, this shouldn't be your friend, man. Well, it's too, it's too, it's too late for Cassie now. You just, fought, well, I can't even say she fought her man. You fought her ex, which is still kind of, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that, that, still, that still doesn't ride in a lot of people's books, a lot of people's uh, ways of life, choices of life. Yeah, she's yes, yes, yes. Like Ruth says in the narration, everything she's, the, she, like, like, like Maddie said, you should just start saying no. Yeah. Cassie's yes, yes. You you want to you want to do this? Yes. You want to you want to fuck me in the bathroom? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, well, yeah. You, you want to lay in the toilet for me or lay in the tub? Yeah. yeah I want to do yeah, that. Yeah. It's fucking dumb. Anyway, Cassie gives up Fezco. Lexi's not with it, and Lexi actually thinks about how Fez was nice to her and how you know she had been so passive all her life, and and that you know what would have led Fezco to to be like that, and that's possibly a reason why he was so passive or he had something repressed in him like she did. Even when it came time to help Rue, it goes to the first time she saw Rue, uh, you know, on the verge of overdosing the first time. She says, when I tell your parents, Rue says, I don't give a fuck, fuck nigga. <laughs> don't tell my mom, nigga. I don't care, nigga. Lexi was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to tell your mom. That was essentially the end of it. I, I, I just thought this scene was weird because I was like, why wasn't this in season one? I, I felt like we had always had these questions about what the fuck was Lexi doing just sitting on chair and in, in, in couches all season. <laughs> but, there, but but Rexy gang is still pretty. It's still pretty prevalent. I don't know. I don't know if they're going hard in season two like they were in season one. But the only thing that we got as far as the 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 Rexy area is her walking out of class, seeing Rue. Not really saying much after she finds out that she is on drugs. And then we end up seeing her as her mom says, hey, Rue just overdosed. And you start mm-hmm. seeing the fear in Lexi's face as she starts getting that news. Because, again, it's very close to home. Yeah, super close to home. And at that point, Lexi decides to do something about it. She decides to go and tell Fezco, potentially, what's about to happen. However, Cal's already there. And we get a jump cut. And as we enter... This episode seemed really fucking long this week. <laughs> it seemed like a lot of shit happened and got squeezed into a very short amount of time. Rue playing a very nasty game, hanging out with Elliot, standing up Jules for dinner, but hiding it by saying she was at an AA meeting. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jules' father comes in. Shout out to him. Uh, questions the influence that Rue has on Jules. And I feel as though Rue, again, like we said during the bonus episodes, Rue, like Jules was a a metaphor for Rue's addiction Mm. and the idea that Jules was just so much of a drug. And now she's found a new addiction with Elliot. She says to Elliot with Jules, I was just immediately in love. Mm. And with you, I, you know, it was, it was completely different. She reveals to Elliot so much shit that usually she tells, she tells, it takes forever for her to admit to somebody. And this is literally, she just admits it to him. And you know, Elliot finds out that her father died from, from cancer. And he's just like, do you think that's, you know, the reason why he started using? And she's just like, basically, I don't know. And he's like, you know, everything isn't a cause and effect. Sometimes shit just is. Mm-hmm. She says, I and, wish it was that, I wish it was that easy to say, yeah, my dad died and I started doing drugs. Yeah. And again, Elliot, super profound here. I would just like to know where he gets this from. Like, like this is to me right now as a character, he's very underdeveloped mm-hmm. so that he just has all this knowledge and we just don't know 
where the fuck it comes from. He, like, he literally just showed up in a laundry closet. <laughs> and, it, you know, it comes out of, like, I would like to have known what they talked about, about his life or something like that. I just felt like so much of this episode was given to this Nate, Maddie, Cassie, Fezco shit, like, love triangle. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so many people are thrown into this that it feels like, in a weird way, the rule, the, the crux of this is that we... And I don't know if you agree. The crux of the show is that we want to see Rue get better, right? We want to see her overcome this. And, I, and yeah, I think I think that's where I think that's the the bigger thing that I talked about last week. As we talked about the male fantasy, I, my biggest thing was, hey, this show is still Rue and Jewels at the very top. So it was kind of hard for me to understand the other portions that could be the part of the male fantasy until we start talking about it more. And so with the, literally until like this episode kind of throw, like you, you notice it now. Yes. It's like the episode throws it in your face mm-hmm. this time that, that, that is definitely a part of it. And there's nothing to say that there's anything wrong with the show having different, you know, subsets, but you know, we're about to talk about a scene that I felt like, you know, was super fucking important for people to watch and, and super important for people to see. So Kat is, is in her room. She realizes that I don't love Ethan. And she makes a pro and con list for him, but can't find any pros or can't find any cons. Have you ever done this pro con? I've never heard of this before. I've I've never seen this before. Uh, No, I thought that was probably the safest way that she could to to try and get things out of the internal of her just being in her mind about Ethan and just say, hey, okay, so he does this, 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 this. The end I thought was really interesting when he when she put loves me. I mean. I guess I guess that could be a pro, a very random thing to put at the very end, and then did not have any cons. But I think that's just her lying to herself. Like clearly, there is something that she does not like. She clear she's clearly bored, as we can see in school, thinking about different things, so on and so forth. She's not madly in love with Ethan. You can see it at the house party. You can see it at school. I think she's lying to herself about the cons. Yeah, for for sure. So we get to her having a vision of a beautiful model. And then having basically a conversation with all of these beautiful people about <clears throat> them telling her, hey, you're beautiful. Hey, you know, girl, you know, girl boss. <laughs> yes, queen type shit, like self-help shit. And, um, you know, and, and I think this drives home the idea that like Kat is unable to accept love because she can't love herself. And like this scene is basically the amount of messaging and messaging that women hear every day about loving yourself mm-hmm. and. Oh, the 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 hierarchy and the patriarchy and shit like that. It's like Kat doesn't want to hear any of that shit. She just wants to feel good about herself. Yeah, she's like, I, I fucking hate myself. And they said, Well, what happened last season when you were shaking your ass and nonstop and we loved it. Everything was cool. She was like, Oh, it's all a fucking ruse. It was yeah. all cap. I'm cap. It's essentially screaming, I'm cap to the to the damn television as she runs away from all the models that she watches from day to day. I, I love this scene. I love the way it was shot. I love the way I Barbie Ferreira killed it. I, I thought that for someone who was legitimately on the back burner and to, and somewhat on the back burner in this episode too, mm-hmm. for the two scenes that she had in this this episode, she stole the show. Brought it back. And I think that if we don't get a lot from her <laughs> this season because of this Nate shit, I'm going to have a lot of things to say because I feel like this is a pertinent issue that I feel like young people need to see. We are, they are constantly in an echo chamber mm-hmm. of people telling them how to feel, how to deal with their issues, how to deal with their emotions. I think it was such a pertinent issue, more so than anything on the show <laughs> this week. I thought I, I was, I came away from that like, wow, that was, that was fantastic. And we go right back to Rue, uh, who, <laughs> who <laughs> sees Cassie <laughs> pulling up with Nate. <laughs> 
on her way to to the AA uh, to the AA meeting. Uh, Nate and Cassie see Maddie call FaceTime call. They ignore it. Uh, she goes to see Ali in in in, uh, in AA. Ali says, "You know, are you still in your suicide mission?" You know, of course, a reference a reference from uh from the uh, bonus episodes yeah. from. There's a lot of very deep cut stuff. Like Jules still saying she's on, she's grounded because literally she's probably still grounded because she tried to run away from home. <laughs> there, there's a little, there's, there's really good deep cut stuff there that I really think that if you haven't seen the bonus episodes from last year, you should definitely go check out. Um, at this that, point, but before, before, before you go into that, now that you say that, that actually is a very interesting arc for those that are critical of the things that do and don't happen with a lot of high schoolers. We're probably not going to see Jules do a whole lot within the season on the outside granted we saw her at the bowling alley tonight and had a great time with maddie had a great time with her friends things like that but she is very much in trouble for the things that she did last season and even though you don't see it too often it's not very very bad like jewel is not locked up in her house that badly grounded and somebody has to sneak in her window and throw a rock but you know those are those are the type of things that you end up seeing as as more repercussions that i think more people wanted to see from these kids doing these things yeah, they get she got grounded. Yeah, for sure. Because her dad, you know, we know her dad isn't like a piece of shit. He just has problems connecting with her. Yeah. And, you know, we, we always knew that. But um, <clears throat> Nate tells Cassie in the car that uh, what they did was a mistake. He lets her down easy. And she runs out of the car. <laughs> Nate, Nate finds her and they have sex again. <laughs> and he says, you don't know how much power you have. Well, I don't know if it was full sex. It might have just been a little top. Cassie might, Cassie might have just got a little top, yo. And again, a, a pleasure object. Yes, yes, very <laughs> much so. I again, I didn't enjoy these scenes. I just, I felt like it, it it was meritless. I felt like it was just sex to have sex on screen. Uh, last thing he says is, uh, "How are you going to look Maddie in the eye again, ever again?" And I was like, "This this nigga be asking some of the craziest, wildest shit to people in and out of sex." Is, I'm like, "What is he cap? Is he cap? Are you on your side?" Here's the thing, man. And I feel very disgusting saying this as a man who looked at Nate dying in his hospital bed and compared it to Mick Foley laughing after Hell in a Cell and saying, you sick son of a bitch. (laughs) Nate might not have been wrong there. Nate might not have been wrong there. That's what he's doing. Like the big crux of this is that Nate can't, he, he just cannot reconcile his feelings for jules okay mm-hmm. there is you know we all know that that, that he, has, he has these repressed emotions maddie knows what nate is yes. <laughs> very very, very much so and you know that that's what this is coming from like she's a tool here and and i'm, I'm wondering you know what what the crux is going to be as the season moves on Lexi meets up with Fesco at his store. Fesco looked kind of different. She was there. He was his. He had a different way of talking. He sounded kind of duh duh duh. <laughs> he was nervous. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hey, seeing how Lexi looked walking into that store, I was like, whoa. She put on her her Sunday's best. I said, I oh, ain't never seen Lexi like that. She acting totally different, huh? Fez was like, this is this is my mom. This is my mom mom store. If you want some. No, 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 she's she just she's just a friend and she's not staying with, with me. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the is, you're, you're gonna the m- m- malt liquor? You're gonna do that? <laughs> that's, like, that's, yeah. that's how you feel. Let me go to the bathroom first. Oh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Cal about to make magic happen. He walks into the store with his with hands in his pocket. Really tense scene with Cal and Fesco. Really good ending here, I, I must say. Mm-hmm. 
Cal intimates that he's going to pull out his gun, but he pays for his stuff. Uh, but before that, he says, did, did she, pointing at Lexi, did she tell you who I was? And Fesco says, no. And he says, he's just a concerned father. And he walks off. We get a scene with Maddie saying that she feels like she'll never t- find love as Jules kind of just tells her, you know, it, these types of things happen and maybe you're just built different. Uh, really nice scene between these two. I, I thought, I, I really, again, not enough Jules this episode. I, th- I feel like she had like 20% of the screen time. And I feel like she had, again, the most interesting arc, even though it doesn't really make sense to her character to be like this over Rue right now. It just doesn't. Yeah, melting that quick was kind of odd. As you said, things with Rue and Jules kind of just immediately picked back up and everybody was cool and we didn't discuss the train and we didn't discuss the relapse because I'm sure Jules doesn't even know yet. But maybe that's something that we end up getting within these next few episodes of that piece of that. Maybe they get into a fight. Maybe they just end up hanging out and the truth just ends up spilling out because clearly Rue cannot shut up when when certain things are happening or if she's with certain people. So maybe the truth will spill out as of right now. But granted, we're seeing a Jules that's, you know, at the bowling alley talking to Maddie. Everything's still cool. She's catching up with her old friends because she's been away for a little bit of time. And um, it's just diff- it's just different. It's different to see how much she didn't, not necessarily give a shit, but how cool she kept things as far as having the upper hand last week to now getting back into that area of being down bad against Rue in a way that we never really saw. Yeah, like the, the positions are reversed and it's weird. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I get Rue finding another addiction. That's kind of what she does. Mm-hmm. You kind of kind of intimated that, I mean, I, even Ali intimated that that's what she would do in the bonus episodes. But like with this, it's just kind of like, I, I don't like the way Jules is this season so far. I've kind of liked her better <laughs> before. <laughs> she's pushing uh, yeah, but she was pushing P. Uh, Maddie says that she wants to get back with Nate. Jules says, you know, don't do it. She says, I wish you could see yourself uh, the way that the rest of the world does. And I said, yeah, as a 36 year old one. Now, uh, uh, moving I'll on. that to my dog, Alexa, man. Hey, man. Hey, uh, Ali drives uh, Rue home. She was snoring. She was snoozing the AA. He was like, all right, let's get it. He said, this nigga using again. Right. <laughs> Let me take this nigga home. So he, he makes it known that, you know, he wants to meet her mother. He's just like, why? He's just like, well, are you afraid that I'm going to tell her that you're using drugs again? And then he's, she basically, she relents and lets him come in. And uh, he meets her mom. Uh, and Rule says, and her mom says, you know, she's doing well. And he's like, I don't know if that's a question or is that's a statement. Yeah. Or are you trying to believe that? And he knows there's, there's something up there. But before he leaves, this was kind of like a mafia moment, right? This is kind of like a, okay. When your enemies meeting like your 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 best friend or your enemies meeting your parents or something like that, and he's like he, he kind of looks at Rue like I'm watching you. Yeah. And at, at any time I can come back to your house and tell your mom what's going on, so you better watch it. And I'm hoping that this is the what what gets us past this you know drug part of her character because I think that it's it's running short for her because he knows he knows all the tricks, yo. Like you're not you're not gonna fool me. You think you're going to tell me that everything's cool and you're 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 using it because of X, Y, and Z? You're lying to yourself. You're lying to me. I already know it. I deal with Jays all the time. You are not. You are not tricking me. You are a jit. A very wise, a very wise jit when it comes to narration and the way that you can discuss and the way that you can get emotions out of people. But you're not fooling me. Yeah. Nah, it, 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 I, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I, 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 again, I thought these ending scenes were very, very good in, in, as far as being tense and as far as like character development. That's where we should be going. I, I don't think Jules or not Jules. I don't think Elliot, uh, Rue should be hanging out with Elliot until we know who the fuck Elliot is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would love to know who Elliot is. Yeah. Like I just feel like we just don't know enough. He's just some guy, uh, and, and you know, I, I just want them to, to flesh him out a little bit. 
And that's a challenge with a lot of these new characters that we end up seeing, right? Clearly, if you saw the if you watched the preview after this week's episode, you see next week is a Cal origin. So we're gonna get a Cal origin of him in his childhood. I don't care. I think we piece out the story, yeah. Yeah, we could we could Mark, we could we not just connect the dots to how he got the way that he was? <laughs> or at least or at least in probably like a probably like a small scene. But if you're gonna do origin, we gotta learn more about Elliot. We gotta learn more about Quantrell. And again, this was something that we asked questions about before the season even started. You're bringing in new people. You have people that have blown up within the past two and a half years since Euphoria began. How are you going to tell all these stories in this amount of time, especially in what is it, eight episodes, nine episodes, eight, eight episodes? Eight. Yeah. Eight again. And we're almost halfway there already. Already. Yeah. Uh, Cal confronts Nate about Fezco. Shuts the door and says, I don't think I'm, I don't think mom wants to hear this. Nate reveals that he knows about Jules and he spills everything from from how he picked her up, how she's underage, how he was scared about it. He picked up on everything and he reveals that he doesn't have the disc anymore. And Cal says, where is the disc? And the episode ends. So that's like our big kind of main storyline with Nate here. Cal is in on it. He knows what's going on. And, and Maddie, of course, we know Maddie has the disc because we saw her take it and we see her see it again this this episode. And, that, and that's where it ends. So that was episode two. Uh, I thought it was all over the place, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I thought episode one was just ended on such a high. Yes. This one was just kind of like it, it was all over the place. I, I get, you know, the building of the of the of the love triangle, but I still really feel as though they are spending way too much time on a character that like I don't think that they can I think you can make a character, and I said this in the first season, he's too evil. He's so evil that he's to a point where like it starts to get unrealistic if he survives because he's just done so he's just done so much shit. This, this nigga moves like Batman. There's no way that they know it's 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 not fun to watch. <laughs> well, the the fact the fact I saw I saw Cam tweet that this nigga came out and healed like Wolverine, and I was like, you know, it's not a it's not it's not a lie. But I think we we're, it's hard to think about how evil Nate is going to get. One thing that I remember watching as I, as I watched Ted Lasso was the amount of people that were disappointed in season two just because they kept on on the storyline between Roy Kent and Keeley, so much so that you didn't really get to see too much about the football team and how much they played, the relegation, the story that came from being demoted and now coming back into what was the Premier League. I can't remember what, what league they were in before they ended up getting demoted. But because they stayed within that storyline, at least at least from some from some perspective, I'm not saying everybody said it, but between the storyline between Roy and Keeley really dominated. dominated a lot of the things that happened in Ted Lasso. Do you think we get that again? I mean, not again, but do you think we get that here? I, I Looking at the next time on, it looks like, Cal makes a visit to some friends from what it looks like. I don't know. If, we don't know if that's like one of their little fantasy cutscenes or whatever, but Rue looks to remember that the, the quote she had in episode one, no female drug dealers. It looks like we might be getting that side of her this time, which I'm, I'm interested. I'm into that. I'm into that. Who's serving? Who's serving is going to be interesting. But there are a lot of questions and a lot of loose ends right now that they need to kind of wrap up. And I can't say that I'm necessarily other than cat. Um, other than Lexi and, and Fezco that I'm necessarily interested in. I, I, I think that a lot of it's like retreading ground that we've seen the Nate stuff wrap this shit up, man. But uh, from all intents and purposes, what I'm hearing from reviewers, from people who've seen it, people I know who've seen the first five, five episodes, they, there there's 
they're echoing some of my same concerns or they or they're, or they've confirmed some of my concerns, but they've also said that episode five is where it gets real much like last season. Episode five was kind of the turning point for the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm st- we're sticking with it. We're going forward, but you know, as we get to episode three, before we get to episode three and before we end the show, we got to, we got to give out this, this green award. Who's getting the green award for you? Or do you want me to, I, I'll start, I'll start this week. Go ahead and start. She can't, she can't get away from it this week. You didn't let me do it last week, <laughs> and I let you have it. Rue deserves a green award this this week. Uh, as weak, as weak as the writing is for their relationship, she was complete. Like like Nate didn't really do anything green this week. Let's just be clear, he didn't really do anything green this week. Nate kind of kept it pee. I'm not gonna lie to you this week. I, he kept. It I pee. didn't want to go fully. I didn't want to go fully there earlier when I was like, I'll be honest. He kept it. Fairly pee this week, and it feels disgusting because I still want him to die. But we're also going to get very evil things from Nate. I can't say that Cassie gets the green award. Cassie's not like world traveled enough. Like, like she, like clearly everyone looks at her like she's like a, a doofus, <laughs> and it's clear that she is a doofus. Okay, so like, is it Rue, energy? No, <laughs> yeah, it, big egghead ass uh, energy. So. I, I got to give it the rule. She can't get away. She can't get away. She's she's clearly fucking with with, with Jewel. Like like even on some revenge shit, that's fucked up. Fucking with Jewel and fucking with Elliot because it seems pretty clear that she can throw Elliot away immediately if he were to go against her. Which he doesn't even know it would be against her because again he doesn't really know Rue's feelings outside of pass me the fucking Adderall. So this is something that it's we don't know his feelings past pass me the Adderall. Even when he's sitting with his roommate in that one scene toward the end, yeah. it's just kind of like. It's like, what, what? I was like, okay. <laughs> it was just a weird scene because we still don't learn anything about him other than he he, we, he cares about Rue, which we already know. We already know he did. He cares about I think we're going to get to a point with Elliot where it's just like, hey, do we have to snort this coke tonight? Do you want to like talk? Do you want to do some things? And Rue's going to be like, oh, God. And it's probably going to be like a bad scene between her and Elliot. But I think the fact that if she does get... If it is the Green Award week for Rue this week, I think it's for sure the fact that she could throw away somebody that she said, you are my new favorite person in the entire world in a millisecond. And everything that she's doing to Jules also still very, very fucked up. But if I were to create a case, I'm just going to present to you a case. Cassie's not stupid, man. Cassie's not stupid. You know, you know damn well what you are doing right now. Even if you are yes woman, if you are yes woman, completely fine. You just don't know how to say no to things. You know what you were doing right now. You know what you were doing right now. Granted, when people saw the preview of of episode one, people thought that Maddie shoving somebody's face into the window was her against Cassie. I don't know if it's going to be that easy. I don't think Maddie's going to run up on Cassie in the middle of school. I don't think so. This might be if. Maddie ever even ends up finding out, which we don't even know yet, it's gonna be way more tactical and way if you are if you are that close to a person like Nate, I feel like it's going to be way more tactical than that. But Cassie knows Cassie is more than willing to find out. Even if she is shivering and she went viral last week for her eyes, great bulging eyes out. I, I feel like Cassie it's too stupid, easy, man. I feel like it's too easy to give it give it to Cassie when there was clearly somebody who was who was way more emotionally uh, like like Cassie was just scared. Rue was emotionally abusive, knowingly. She hung out with this nigga for for days, doing drugs with the nigga for days. Didn't tell him he had she had a girlfriend for days. 
Are you serious? Stood Jules up? Come on. Uh, they, st- they stand Jules up. Oh, man. Yeah. Rue me. She can't get away from it this week. All she right, can't keep Rue. it. Hey, I tried I tried to protect you, Rue. I tried to, I shouldn't I shouldn't even protect you. You got too much protection going on right now. Exactly. Too many people caping. All right. Kind of, all right, Rue. Like, take the award. Yeah, take the award. <laughs> I think this is maybe her second green award, period. And our show's there's history. No, there's no way Rue only has two green awards. There's no way. Nate, Nate's got a couple. Jules has a couple. There's no way Rue only has two. Jules ran away with the Green Awards last year. <laughs> Come on, dog. <laughs> this is Rue's time. I'm sorry for everyone saying Cassie. Think of, think about it. She's just listen. Y'all gonna keep it p in, in that situation? As far as as far as cheating, as far as as far as cheating and fucking your girls and fucking your girls' ex. Well, she's what well, we already know. She hey, listen, being a relationship person. Doesn't make you green, okay? <laughs> Rue was more. I'm talking about in this episode. Y'all talking about in general. In this episode, she like okay. Last episode, I get it, but we didn't give it to her last episode. We gave it to Nate. Yeah. <laughs> she should. She could. She should. If you're gonna give it to Cassie, she should have given it to her last, last week. But then everything was happening. Like like the thing. She just dumped McKay, and then you know, it clear clearly. <laughs> You wanted to yes queen her and, and and fist bump her and shit like that for dumping them, but she was green as fuck. She got, she, she got she, the pussy panties on her last week. It's kind of hard, man. Listen, Nate kept it P, Rue kept it B, and that's where I'm keeping <laughs> it. We got award for this week. And uh, yeah, so next week we have episode three in Euphoria. Uh, as, as, as we count down season two, I'm enjoying it so far. But I'm hopefully I'm hoping we can get back to the center. But as of, as always, thank you guys for listening to Overly Medicated. Yes, our review of HBO's Euphoria. Happy birthday, Mark! Thank you so much, man, for doing this this show every single week with me, man. Appreciate y'all, bro. And of course, for those that have been sending love again, thank y'all so much. You are very well appreciated. Yes, sir. So you hear the music? Time to go. Till, till next time, next week, we'll talk to you guys for Overly Medicated. For Mark, I'm Justin. See you next week.